This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome back to another season of Driven by Data, the podcast. Powered by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. We are delighted to bring you season four of Driven by Data, the podcast. And our aim remains exactly the same, to bring you some of the most respected and recognized thought leadership figures from the world of data analytics to share their knowledge, ideas, use cases, and insights across how they've tackled some of the industry's most trending topics and challenges. All that's left to say is sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, season four. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by David Castro-Gavino, who is the Vice President of Data at HelloFresh. So, David, thank you very much for joining us. No, thank you very much. A pleasure to be here. Good, good, good. David, you and I probably first started speaking many years ago, maybe five or six years ago during your Dunhumby days. So um, it's been, a, 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 I guess, a real pleasure watching your journey unfold. Um, and that's where we always start on this podcast, David. So just give us a, a brief introduction into your background and, I guess, journey today up until this point in time, if you would. Sure. So I've been, um, I'm originally from Spain and I've been lucky enough to have uh, I worked across five continents and lived in three of them. And um, a lot of my traveling was thanks to the time that I was actually in Dunhambi. Um, with, with them, I was able to to travel the world quite a lot. I saw everything, which was fantastic, working with different retailers, helping them become customer-centric and leverage the uh, capability that we had. Um, I did quite quite a few exciting things, like setting up a center of excellence in, in, in India. But my journey in data really started back in, the, in 2001, when I was working with CACI uh, doing the um, Aiken classification. And that was a bit of a, an eye-opener when the the power that data has and what you could potentially learn from it and how you can influence and bridge that connection between the customers and, and organizations. And then, then from that moment onwards, I, I didn't um I didn't look back. Um I've been in multiple verticals doing really cool stuff and it's taken me all the all my journey to now at HelloFresh for the last three years. Nice, nice. Well, I guess. I think I think most people will know HelloFresh as a brand, but I guess for anybody that, that doesn't, just give us a, a bit of info about HelloFresh and the group and, and that type of stuff. Absolutely. So um, we have been for the last 12 years with that mission of changing the way people eat forever. And um, we've done it in a very innovative way with a kit offering that makes that, uh, that meal experience extremely easy. In essence, what we're trying to answer is that famous question that everyone has every in their household. I mean, at least my kids, when they come through the door, the first thing that they say is, what's for dinner? So <laughs> this is um, something that we've been extremely successful over the last few years. But not only because um, the simplicity, but because we focus on how we disrupt the traditional uh, supply chain, focusing on renewable and sustainable way to, to drive that value direct to customer, which has been transformative. But our journey is is not 
there, even though we, we believe it's without doubt that the continuation growth, but we want to become the world's leading fully integrated food solutions group. And this is why we have a number of different verticals, uh, like um, and brands like Green Chef, Every Plate. We do recently we just launched pet food in the in the US, and that's the the the, the intention that we want to continue growing in that in that sense. Um, we are very much data driven and data is at the heart of all of this growth so that has been playing a key a key role in in this journey yeah absolutely makes sense i mean we are um in our household hello fresh customers so if you do some digging in your data david you'll find <laughs> you find my name in there somewhere um but yeah a, a big fan um so obviously you've been at hello fresh there for three years there yes. there or thereabouts i guess what what was the pivotal moment in the hello fresh journey that arrived with you landing there you know i guess what was the the purpose of you being brought in what have you been tasked with achieving as part of that overall journey so one needs to look at the um at the incredible growth that HelloFresh has had over the years and um if we look um uh, at, at, at the co-founders dominic and, and thomas dominic was the one who actually um found uh, reached out to me because they have the journey of, hey, we are very much data-driven, but the scale of the growth that we have had means that we have to invest and double down in a platform, in a data capability and become more data mature. So it was really hard to say no to a, an opportunity to lead data globally for an organization uh, that had a, um, a product that I believe in very, uh, and an opportunity to really transform not just the technology that they operated in, but to to truly implement the concept of data mesh, bridging the gap between the data producers and the data consumers, and really transforming uh, uh, the, the underlying structure of how data is consumed and leveraged to make the organization not just data-driven, but data-enabled. And that's the, the, the role that I've been playing for the last three years. Picking up a small function, we were only 25 um, back three years ago. Now we're a strong team of almost 150 individuals, supporting the organization globally we have delivered um I, I would say um i haven't seen that many around but a truly unified data platform that removes the need of having data engineers data around the organization you remove the complexity of how we generate data and, and make it available for consumption for analytical purposes and elevated the maturity from introducing an education program and um a, a simple way to understand how data is understood across the organization. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really interesting stuff. So, I mean, HelloFresh as a business, if I'm not mistaken, were, uh, I guess, classified as a, as a unicorn many yes. years ago, right? A billion dollar valuation, um, which is um, pretty unique and incredible. So yeah, I guess not, uh, not surprising that when, the co-founder of the business reaches out and says, <laughs> do you fancy getting involved with this? Something that's relatively low maturity, but obviously there seems to be a lot of appetite there. It's a um, huge opportunity. Yeah. So um, that makes perfect sense. So I, I know you, you, I mean, you, you do a lot of public speaking and presenting on the journey of HelloFresh and the role that data has played in, in that, which is, is great. I guess what has been the evidence then for you and for the organization, David, that building a data-driven culture has underpinned that kind of amazing growth trajectory that HelloFresh has been on over the last, you know, several years? It's, it's, it's an important question because um, 
data-drivenness is a value uh, as part of the HelloFresh DNA. And it's always been recognized as um, an invest value. It's not something that we just do. It is at the heart of the decision-making that we provide. It, it can be from simple as how do we automate our, how we fuels our automation, how it sharpens our decision-making, it strengthens the, their understanding of how we can improve the, the entire value change, how do we improve our packaging, how our, our machine learning and, and our, our predicting models. Data is, is key that if you cannot measure it, you can't manage it, you can improve it. So every metric is um, scrutinized and not just with a question, but analyzed to understand how we can drive more value from it. So it goes beyond the what, but are trying to uncover the why behind the data. So it's not just, data driven is not just being, it's a strategy, but it's a lens that defines everything that we do and the opportunities that we can identify across the organization. Mm, yeah. Let, let me ask you something there, David, about the, I guess, the culture of the organization and where that's being driven from, right? Because you hear a lot of uh, debate, I guess, if you want to call it that in the industry about, you know, the top down versus bottom up. Uh, and it seems like, obviously, there's a lot of appetite from the founders of being data driven. They're already kind of talking about that before they even brought you on on board, right? Um, I, I guess, is that where it stemmed from the the kind of the appetite and the, you know, the 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 work that comes to go on that journey to kind of become more mature in, in that area? Is it really driven from the top down in, in your opinion there? I'm interrupting today's episode to bring you a quick message from one of our latest podcast sponsors, Cambridge Spark. I've been doing a bit of work in collaboration with Cambridge Spark over the last several months, and I feel that their message needs to be heard. And ultimately, I feel it complements what we do here at Orbition Group very well. Did you know that according to Boston Consulting Group, only one in four organizations have the expertise they need for successful digital transformation? And as a data leader, you're pressured to link data initiatives to business impacts and the value that that creates. But as we all know, often inadequate data skills across the organization can be the thing that holds you back. Cambridge Spark has a solution. Through government-funded apprenticeships, they help organizations like yours to build data talent without the risks and costs of hiring. Blending online learning with on-the-job work, your team gains the technical skills that they need, you know, Python, machine learning, etc alongside the business abilities like data storytelling. Apprentices approach projects with specific outcomes in mind. Their learning spreads to democratize data usage across your organization and drive efficiencies. The outcome, a workforce and culture empowered by data to achieve more. If you're ready to equip your team with the data skills needed to accomplish your goals, visit cambridgespark.com forward slash driven to learn more about upskilling through free apprenticeships. That's cambridgespark.com forward slash driven. Cambridge Spark, digital skills for workforce transformation. I don't believe it's just top down. I believe it's from both sides. The biggest difference and one of the things that was quite attractive of HelloFresh is that uh, you see someone like Dominic that he's extremely uh, data-driven. And and one of the things that I, I, I like about him is that he will question and, and be quite inquisitive in regards to how we leverage data and the different strategies that we do. Something that is not 
very familiar in, in CEOs. Now you see them more and more that they become uh, more data intrinsic about, about this, but it's, 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 um, it was quite refreshing. So you see from the top and the bottom, and there's an appetite to consume data. And this is because we are very much data-driven and data is at the heart, is how do we uh, enable ourselves to become faster and and make more of this, more of it. I, I believe that there is so much to do. We have done an amazing journey, but to to get us to really leverage the, the potential that we have with in data science, machine learning, and so on, it, it we still it's a journey. We have been able to reduce a lot of the time to access data, increase the quality of data, so we don't waste time doing things just to justify the access of data. So. There's still a journey, and you have to understand why. HelloFresh, um, in this growth, it happens with any organization that grows fast. You 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 have a specific silos of data, different levels of maturities in different regions. So it is normal that you build up some technical debt. The maturity um, is not there in certain areas. So you want to actually to break those silos to simplify the complexity of your ETL processes, uh, introduce data discoverability so you can actually have more understanding of the of the data, ensure quality, standards, you know, the whole piece that we have actually gone over the last over the last three years. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. Um and, and I guess it's one of those things, isn't it? When you have the support from the top, it also makes the bottom up slightly easier because if they see the shining light of the you know the ceo or the co-founder or whoever it is is really invested in this then obviously it it kind of drags people with them on that on that journey which is um yeah really interesting so i know obviously like part of your talk at big data london for example you know you were talking about the the journey that you've been on and you talked about the kind of the three-year plan to overcome the the hyper growth pains um that, that i guess are associated with a business that move is moving as fast as hello fresh is i guess what were what were the symptoms of those pains if you don't mind I, me asking i, I mentioned it, i tend to be there so 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 obviously you had an element of technical debt you have an organization that's grown um so aggressively uh over over a period of seven years it, it was very uh evident so this, this, you have struggles around data maturity. They need that to actually to introduce new technology and remove away things that were built because there was a need to to do something specific and that became product production. So you needed to un, undo some of these capabilities. But I, I, I cannot say that I came here and everything was a mess. No, there was still there was at the time there was a, a strong investment on the concept of data mesh. Um, arguably, you could say that at the time we went in too quickly, but sometimes if you don't start, you don't get anywhere. So that was a journey that you, we needed to understand a bit more how we um, leverage the data in the right way and understand how we can move those bottlenecks, the silos from a technical perspective on a centralized function versus the decentralized. And this is where that was the piece that I, I, I focus on. How do I become the individual that can change the way that we leverage data so we so we accelerate that time to actionable insight and that was the the journey and and i structure with um with a specific framework around four pillars um people uh, technology governance and the enablement basically mm, yeah interesting okay well talk, talk us through that then those four components that uh, i guess you've used to support and and yes. grow and overcome those pains so so i'm 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 a, I'm a fan of um 
uh, originally many data strategies. And my always my worry is that sometimes you write a, a big long document that it just is put on a shelf and just gathers dust. I want to make sure that it's practical and it's linked to the business, the business need and how you drive that. I mean, you always talk about people, technology, and processes. So I wanted to break it down a, a bit more because I needed to understand how I build the the immediate requirements that I needed to 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 tackle versus the long-term vision. And, and this is where I brought in the, the, the four pillars. People looks at everything to do with the organization, the individuals. They are at the heart of, the, of your culture. Do you have the right structure, the right, in the, the right talent in the right areas? But that goes all the way down to understanding, do you have the right career frameworks defined for the role of data engineering, data product management, um, and so on? And how do you hire in the right individuals? And at what speed do you want to hire? Because some organizations find themselves hiring a lot, but they don't understand the concept of of the time that it takes to absorb new talent because you lose productivity while you insert new talent as you gather momentum. The uh, As part of the people, I, I like to also encapsulate the education. We have a strong education program within HelloFresh called the HelloFresh University, uh, Hello Data University. And the whole intention is to have uh, a very much uh, one place where you can have access to all your need, data needs from a technology perspective or understanding, independently if you're technical or non-technical, and then more a hands-on where if you have a specific function that requires support, like say for argument, say the data analyst require a bit of a, um, a build-up on regards to how to write better SQL, you have a specific training targeted to that. And also we introduce a bit of gamification around the, of the education to, to incentivize the education. When we move to uh, governance, I always like to look at governance in the broader sense. This is where I like to, co to cover not only just the GPD, GDPR compliance requirements, how you leverage ethical aspects and so on, but also the business process mapping. How do you take a step back, understand how you're moving data around, how is the process being built, and how you then can introduce efficiencies? When we look at technology, this is quite important in different stages of the maturity of the organization. And it's trying to balance the build versus buy. That as you gather more technical capability, I don't need to buy out of the box. I can actually build my capability and, and build my own technology. And that's what we have how we we're doing. And in balancing when is is quite crucial. And the final one is is enablement, and that is um a pillar that has four core dimensions. The first one is focuses a lot around data quality. We spend too much time, unfortunately, arguing about if the, the data is there or not, or the quality that we have. So I wanted to have a specific focus in regards to how do I ensure uh, um, the right level of, of certification, the cataloging, so to make sure that we trust in the data that we have. Accessibility to data is the next one, or democratization to data. I'm a believer that independent of your technical um, capability, you should be able to access data that you need without going through teams. So how do I ensure that I elevate the technical maturity for those that are non-technical to access that, that, that data? The other one is about the ability to consume science globally. So science sometimes is built in small silos and it's hard to be consumed. And the intention is to make it available in more, more, more freely and and, and rather than duplicating science. And the final one is all about monetization of the data. For argument's sake, you've got two lenses here. You have one that is a pure play. You have customers that you contact on a regular basis, but I'm not 
my interest was not that. It's more the internal value generation because by understanding how you're using data, you can improve on your forecasting, on your supply chain, on how you how you leverage the 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 understanding of the areas that you're working on and how you can improve it from that side. And it, and it sounds, I mean, it sounds really theoretical uh, in in essence. And this is why at the Big Data London, I had a, a small idea because I was like like every time we we do like you a pair of fresh meals uh, here we have them in 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 german my my german is not not great <laughs> but it's really easy because it's in six steps and i thought hold on a second why don't i try to implement this four pillars approach in a way that can be seen as a as a recipe and this is where for the big data london and other places other talks i've done I, i've done a, a version of the strategy journey that i've done over the last three years three years as a, as a recipe that takes six stages. Well, I mean, obviously very fitting given the the line of, of work that you're in. Go on, go on then, let's jump straight into that then. Talk us through talk us through those those six that six stage recipe. So, um and then we can try and unpick a bit of that. Yeah. So if you remember, so the our 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 recipes, um you have two pages or one one page with two sides. You have the image, all the information on the product, and the other side you have like six boxes. And each box is a specific stage. This by no means this uh, this is basically had to do one after the other because you have to um, sometimes you have to do in parallel. But you my step one um, I, I like to call gathering the fresh ingredient. So this is basically prioritizing the data landscape, and you have to have a fresh look. It's just like when you open the box and you're trying to examine all the all the elements the, the, that you have for your recipe, you have to do the same thing. So I leveraged the four pillars and I did a, a, a small assessment to understand the maturity of where we were there. Um, and But you have to look at it from, from both sides. Is the product ripe or is it ready for integration on the on the long term? So mm-hmm. is, it, is it ready for, for being used? You then, through, you then sift through all your goals and you, you try to understand what you need to implement now or cook now versus what you need to cook later so you have the right the right timing and also it's important to what i like to call pre preheat the strategy which is basically identify the areas of potential growth that you want to focus on versus the areas that you need to improve versus i mean it's trying to understand which ones are oven ready and for the for to avoid the the pan on here but is is the reality as to how do I, i drive that the second one is about setting up the kitchen, which is basically defining the organizational structure. Like we want to get our chefs in order. Any well-functioning uh, uh, kitchen have a really well-structured and efficient uh, kitchen brigade. So the same thing happens with a solid data team. You have to ensure that you have the right roles, the right responsibilities in the right areas. This is where um, we need, uh, I mentioned that I like to steer a bit of HR flavor because without having that, that, that partnership with your HR business partner and your t- TA team is really hard to ensure that you bring the right talent. And then you couple all of this with, uh, uh, with a bit of seasoning around training, which is trying to understand how you keep the, your team on top of your game. Now we move to the step three, which is basically the cooking with guidance and and announcing the feast, which is basically all about building a solid governance and communication strategy in regards to all of this. So any kitchen tends to be quite chaotic. We had to implement a federated data governance that allow us to have a comprehensive data catalog that ensures data consistency, quality, and accessibility. 
coupled with ensuring that we we announce when we're going to have the feast, we have to make sure that our communication strategy is very well defined. We want to make sure that we take the different uses through the journey, because with the stakeholder buying, you're not going to be achieving the, the progress that you need to do. When we move to step four, it's all about perfecting the source, which is basically standardizing metric definitions. One saucepan is sometimes a great way to start, where we have multiple definitions of metrics, it creates it create confusion. And we waste time just talking about the same metric that we might be interpreting differently. So trying to ensure that we have a clear definition of what we mean with a metric and how it's calculated is crucial so everyone talks in the same in in the same language and with the same source but at the same time it's quite easy to boil the ocean so prioritizing the flavors that you want to focus on is crucial so we focus on the top KPIs that actually are driven by the business because those are the ones that are going to be used a lot earlier and it drives and achieves two things one it gives me the priority that I need to focus on, but at the same time, it buys and delivers value, which is quite crucial to the to the journey of, of what we do here as part of the metric standardization. Step five is all about laying out and serving the, the, the buffet. For that, you have to pick up the right dishes. We want to make sure that the organization has the self-serving tools to drive that um, that data maturity. So we have to decide which tools we buy, we, buy, we build internally versus the ones that we acquire. And that balance is quite important to strive because sometimes I want to accelerate my growth on the technology space by acquiring the tech and then while I'm building my own solution. Because my one of my fears is always when you have looking with a vendor, it's really hard then to shift. And sometimes we forget that it's very costly, the transition in and out, the migration, the education of the, 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 the user, et cetera, et cetera. And then, then steering a bit of the tech wisdom, like, and it's all about how we help the adoption because old habits die hard. And I can build an amazing tech stack, but if I don't help the organization adopt it, is really hard to for them to move forward. And that's something that we we see when we're trying to introduce transformation in the digital space. We have to help the business adopt the technology. And the final one is relishing the feast and sharing widely. We have to invite everyone across the organization to understand the journey that we're going through. We cannot just sit to one side and hope that everything goes well. You have to continue revisiting what you're doing proactively understanding how is your strategy moving forward and how is it how is embedding the support that you are trying to deliver with the rest of the organization and finally you have to savor the the results the the value that we drive is huge and acknowledging when we have actually achieved those massive goals is crucial just a quick one I'm interrupting today's episode to let you know about our TACT assessment. Our TACT assessment was designed and created to allow you to benchmark yourself against other organisations in your effectiveness in hiring data and analytics talent in today's market. Effectively, we cover three key areas. The internal perception of data analytics with inside your organisation. 
the external perception of your data analytics brand in the current talent landscape. And the third component is your organization's operational effectiveness, which covers things like time to hire, the recruitment process itself, um, remuneration, location, uh, etc., etc. Them three components are effectively what allow you to understand how effective you can be in attracting and retaining the best data and analytics talent. And the best part, we do all of that for free and put it in a nice shiny brochure for you. I don't want to bore you with the details, so if you're interested in learning more, navigate yourself towards www.obitiongroup.com forward slash talent hyphen advisory. So that's really interesting. I mean, we hear a lot across the data analytics space about talking the language of the business, right? You know, we hear that term thrown around quite flippantly. And in your case there, you very much, you've you've drawn up a, a strategy and are executing on a strategy by using a cooking analogy, which obviously the whole business can get behind because it understands the HelloFresh product, right? How, I guess, how intentional was that first and foremost? And then how much do you think that's helped by making it relatable for everyone across the business? So, so um, the, the reality is that I, I, I have I came up with this approach fairly, uh, a very um, uh, not long ago, and it was mainly to drive the message out, outward, to understand how we make it, how we make this strategy a bit easier. I, in hindsight, I would have loved to actually cut, I'd have thought about this a lot earlier and use it as a mechanism. But I, it was more about how do I make the story sound better at the big data London event, <laughs> and. Um, so, so now the, you will you will see a lot of my, of, of my um, my team that do this kind of activity as well. They are actually using it a lot because it, it is easier to understand and to relate to what we're trying to do. Um, I want to use I use it more because it's always easier to put an analogy that's closer to what you're familiar with to drive the message than just throwing theory. Um, and it's something that we're always trying to perfect because it's how you communicate in a way that the, the the audience understands what we're trying to do. Yeah. I touched upon before about the the kind of the co-founder's appetite and I guess enthusiasm to be data-driven. Um, has that helped across the organization in terms of the kind of data enablement piece, in terms of getting that message across? Has that been a, a useful factor in, you know, allowing you to to land that message a little bit more easily shall we say yes and that goes across all, it, like I, like i mentioned earlier the data drivingness is is part of our dna and um we want to use data as a data and fact when we're going through the decision making process reviewing incidents or reviewing or how do we learn it's always based on the data that helps us and understand how we got where so we can learn from it is it is it is crucial just having just in hello tech the 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 main organized technical organization that we have um we drive a lot of the operational excellence which is crucial and we have these regular meetings to help understand very data driven how we learn from the mistakes or the challenges that we have on the tech space so to make sure that we correct every time and we are very proactive rather than reactive and data is at the heart to actually to make this a reality yeah absolutely you've talked a lot about kind of the build versus buy and yes. obviously you've talked about maybe build, uh, buying some 
capability while you build something that you may be more fit for purpose and a bit bespoke for the needs right. over the longer over the longer term for people out there that are because i mean i speak to people every day right who are toiling with the idea of should we buy what's easier etc what have been the kind of thought processes that have gone through your mind as to you know at which point in time you've decided to do which of these exercises yeah so for me it's very much linked to the maturity of the data team so if you have a very thin um structure with limited technical capability going and building your own etl tool is a big endeavor um so this is where you want to go to something that is already on the shelf because it's really well uh, detailed there same thing goes with a data catalog for example if um the question for some of the questions is why would i go um build something that organizations out there have invested millions of, of euros or pounds to have that product um and also the fitness does it make sense to the product to in in my technology stack is it fitting the purpose because one of the things that i do like to ask is that i'm not focused on the technology i'm more focused on the solution and the problem i'm trying to solve the technology is more a byproduct of the ultimate outcome i like to have a, a tax tech that has the right tool for the right purpose not one tool that does everything and this is where the maturity starts so when you when you are in, in the beginning of the journey, it's more likely that you have one take that does a lot. But as you start to specialize, you will introduce your own quality framework. You want to have your own ETL ingesting mechanism because you have multiple different sources and it becomes too expensive to buy those connects that you have with the technology. And the same thing goes with the different landing areas, basing how do you do your descript your descriptive analytics versus your more predictive analytics? Does it does the, is the technology linked to the way that you do it? Do you have a two tier? Do you face it on the lake or you have a lake house or both? And 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 the answer is very much it depends. What is it that you're trying to do and when do you want to do it? And it's linked also to the business where they're at in their journey because you can spend a lot of money in data and not get the return of investment. I mean, for us now, the focus in, in for, for the data alliance is very much, we had a, a lot of investment on us on the last two and a half years, or what, three. Now it's all about delivering value, and, and we're doing that in, a, in, a, in, a, in an amazing pace. I think, obviously, value is something that, I mean, we talk about an awful lot on this podcast, right? Because I guess whichever way you try and slice and dice it, ultimately, that's the reason that businesses are investing in this right is to get some kind of value slash return or how whatever the measurement of success looks like out of the other side i guess one thing i would be keen to pick up with you here david is i guess the prioritization piece you talked about looking at the business metrics that you know will be used and used quicker because ultimately that then you know there's a correlation there between how successful your team is deemed to be right if you can build something that accelerates that um but i think a lot of people really struggle with that kind of prioritization piece especially when they're in the early stages of trying to you know build the capability and build the team and get the right reporting lines and structures and, and so on and so forth how how did you kind of go about piecing together you know these are the core metrics these are the things we're going to prioritize first and, and kind of work backwards from that Let's step up a tiny bit first, because before we we get to even being able to have that that conversation, we have to create the foundation. So once you have the foundations, and then you start talking to different stakeholders, you try to understand what needs to be 
impacted. So um, there are specific metrics that the business are interested because it's driving a lot of the decisions. So those are the great KPIs that you might want to get involved in closely with the stakeholder because they are defining the requirements that you want to build. Because you see, the realization, the value is coupled, not with what you're doing in data, but how the user or the stakeholder is realizing that value and, and, and applying it very well closely linked to the business strategy that, that, that we have. So for us, it was very much working with the C-suite, with Dominic and Christian and all of them to understand from the 21 KPIs that we use to, to drive the business forward, which are the ones that have biggest priority. And working with them, we will go from the definition of the metric. Then you work backwards with the engineering function to understand how do we ensure that this pipeline has the right level of, of quality. And it goes then, do we, we do we have data contract? Do we have clarity of 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 the data that we're trying to to push through? Are we measuring quality through the process to ensure that we can certify that asset in in a gold standard? So it's a combination of multiple moving pieces, but we have to break it down in the most simplistic way to ensure that you take the stakeholder and basically the consumer and the producer through that journey. Yeah, absolutely makes. Makes perfect sense. Okay, so I guess at a very top level, then you've got the four components there of the data strategy framework that you've used. That's then yeah. feeds into the, the six stage recipe to execute and implement, basically. And then I know that you talk about these kind of the, the four key takeaways. I guess these are the the, the landing messages. I, I guess right. Just talk us through how you communicate those. So, so for me, first of, the first one is basically data as the compass. Um, data has to be more than just a number in a screen. It has to be um, the decision that the the best way to describe it is 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 basically it sets your strategic direction. It has to be more than just a number. You you use it to to help you drive your decision making, and that has to come not just from the top but from the bottom. You need to believe that data can help you drive forward, and that can only be achieved also with having a robust data education that helps you understand how you can leverage data for your day to day activity. The second one is that you need to to bridge the gap in the maturity. So basically, recognizing what is the because it's very easy to boil the ocean. So I want to break down. Where are, where are the different steps that we want to address? This is where I feel that sometimes organizations jump into, oh, let's go data mesh, without understanding the, trans the, uh, the assessment. Are they ready for it? Do you have the right technology? Do you have the right capability? Because remember, one size doesn't fit all. So having the right readiness is important. This is why I go back to the framework to understand at what point do I need to move one uh, one place to the other. The next one is having a recipe for success or basically a plan of action. And that is the, the, the important thing. Ensure that you have a short-term focus with a long-term ambition and ensuring that you balance between the two. And then the most important one, without a doubt, is fostering adoption. You, I can build a beautiful city, but without helping the individuals come to the city and understand how it is used, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it will not drive the change that you want to do. So I have even I have a specific function that helps the business adopt the technology and the solutions that we bring. So we can really bridge that gap and make more from data-driven to data-enabled. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. You talked about the 
the data university i think you you referred to it has previously is that the same thing as the capability that you use to drive the adoption or are they two separate functions no they go hand in hand so for example we have uh, we have a, a the unified data platform that we have that that we did at the bigger data event that we call tardis has a a, a program of education in as part of the hello hello fresh university and um it's compounded through the education program plus then my team supports the function that is trying to use it in in a hands-on way so that way they can then use it leverage it and then they can go on their own way while we keep giving support so it's twofold you have a portal that you can consume videos and materials to help you understand how you can use the technology but then you have a proactive support to help you really leverage the technology and the solution to its fullest. How pivotal do you think that kind of uh, adoption enablement piece that you're talking about there has been crucial to the success of what you're trying to achieve overall? I mean, I, ca- I can tell that we even we have, like any organization, we have multiple communication channels. You, ha- you have Geek Fridays, you have Lunch and Learn, you have Slacks, we have emails. But if you think about it, we're all bombarded with far too much information at times. And it's hard to digest that. So without us helping the business understand where the solution that we're providing helps them and then being part of their journey, um, the success would not be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I do believe that HelloFresh has done amazingly and is an evolution over the last two years is that we have a great approach to understand the dependencies that we potentially have between different functions. We set up the roadmap for the year and we're trying to understand how we can help each other to drive the value of multiple functions. And that has helped me define the priority, for example, now for 2024, on how do I prioritize the activities of work that my team does to help drive that ROI that I mentioned earlier, now that we have done all the investment and data, so specific parts of the organization require me to help them drive that then forward. So now they've called to us and then we give them the support. Yeah. Yeah, makes makes sense. I mean, there's been a, a very sharp rise in many data analytics teams building out this capability on this on the side, I guess, that supports that enablement piece, you know, comms and culture and change type teams, which is uh is obviously really good to see. Um okay, so all that's really interesting stuff. So you touched upon um very briefly before, you know, many organizations might jump into data mesh because it's the the new kid on the block or the the, the hype cycle or whatever the case maybe um that said i know that that's been a journey that hellofresh have have been on and i guess probably one of very few organizations that have seemingly done it quite well i guess just talk us through that journey you know why did you think it was the right thing and i guess the benefits that ultimately you're seeing from it or are expecting to see from it so so one needs to understand first why do we want to go and do data mesh i mean um the whole concept is is fantastic. In we're trying to to facilitate the consumption of data across the organization, break silos, and help those that consume data detach themselves in some ways from the producers and treat data as a product. We mm. before before I joined the organization, jumped straight into it. So they they, they centralized a lot of the functions, and it was great because it started the ball. It was not so great at the time because the underlying capability was not there to facilitate the self-servicedness of it. So if I was going to uh, if I was going to do it again, um I would start first with an assessment in regards to do I have the right 
capability to enable the different functions because what you are doing by moving too quickly is that you're moving the challenges that you have centrally to the silos and they might not have the right technical capability or the support of a traditional central function to drive that change. So then because they're focused on their own domain, they, you, more of the same challenges that were created centrally happen in those domains. And then you further out the silos, the shadow ITs and those challenges. So, so, so this is where um, I feel that the, 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 the pitfall of mesh. But at the same time, you have to start somewhere. And if you don't start, you don't you don't force the change. And let's remember, data mesh is not a technology change. Data mesh is a cultural change. You have to change the way that you see data, how you make sure that you treat it like a product. Um, I want to make sure that when I'm producing data, it can be consumed by anyone and they're informed of the changes and and and, and so on. So it's, it's for me, it's very much a journey. And sometimes you want to focus on smaller parts of, of where you want to go rather than going all big bang, which is, I feel sometimes that is the way organizations have to pedal back and then redo again. Yeah, absolutely. Makes um, makes perfect sense. Cool. Well, David, look, um, conscious of time, I know you're a, a busy man and you've got a lot of stuff to be getting on with, um, but we appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a very insightful conversation and absolutely love the cooking analogy. Um, no doubt that's been a huge success and, and driver for the success. So yeah, appreciate you coming on the show and um, look forward to speaking to you again soon. It's a pleasure. I enjoyed it very much. So yeah, thank you. That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then, please follow our Bishon Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like, and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week.